0: What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. The story that I have for you today is one that is close to my heart. It is something that I know you all will be so excited about because it's one of the most requested subjects every time I ask on Instagram. So I really hope that we did it justice, and I really think we did. My friend Stacy came, and she opened up to us about her story of unexpected infertility, her experience with IUI and miscarriage, and then dips a little bit into her birth of her little beautiful miracle baby that we know and love today. But it is a story that I think we all can relate to in that there are more people around you than you think that are experiencing infertility and are experiencing loss. Many people don't talk about it, but Stacy is one that has become a voice to those who feel like they can't get there yet. We learned so much from her in how to be supportive, how to be sensitive, and how to truly just learn more about what a miscarriage looks like. So tune in and let's get educated together.
1: podcast yes welcome um my name is stacy fielding should i not say last name okay sorry i'm telling her to talk louder (laughs) um i'm just not a loud human in general (laughs) um yes tell us your name everything about yourself stacy fielding your
0: deepest darkest secret
1: oh we're gonna get there (laughs) um this is is a wonderful opportunity I really am excited I've listened to most of the episodes no this is fun um but mine is a story of unexpected infertility and then IUI and then a pregnancy loss and now we're kind of not at a happy ending because I would love to have a million more babies but Mm -hmm. I mean, we're at a good place now. So, Well, I'm excited to hear about it. Let's get into it.
0: It really... I was telling Stacy before we started that this is one of the most requested topics is to hear people's stories of loss and like miscarriage because I think it's one of the things that a lot of people don't often talk about. One, because I think a lot of people hold it very close to their hearts and it's not something they want to be open about, which... I completely respect that space and I would never want someone to feel like they had to share something. But I also feel like in you choosing to share today, like people are seriously going to just be touched in ways that they don't even know they need yet because I know your story. I've heard it personally is a really moving one and one that has brought you kind of to where you are today into this incredible mother of this perfect little baby girl that we can get into as his birth if you want but i think everyone will be better for hearing your story so you can start wherever you want to but maybe just from like yours and brax's beginning i don't know give us a backstory
1: of you guys and we had technical difficulties, so we're sharing one mic. If you can hear <laughs> us like going in and out, it's because we're passing a mic back and forth. We're on but a bed. <laughs> sitting in Anna's childhood bedroom. Yes. So we're getting really into it, and I'm already starting to tear up. So this is just going to be an emotional it's be so good. roller coaster. Get out the tissues. I have a tissue box. We are ready. We're ready. And I took notes, so I might pause, and um, I'm just looking at my notes because this was... I want to be specific for people. Which is good. And also it was like, I think um, either Sarah or maybe Katie said this too, but like going back through the process in preparation for this was also like therapeutic. There were so many things I forgot that had happened Mm -hmm. and it's just like crazy to think back because in that time, in these like two, three years, that was our whole life. And now like looking back now that we have our little girl, like you forget Mm -hmm. so many hard things Mm -hmm. but I don't want to forget them because they were so hard and that was my whole life like that's all that was on my mind that was all we were thinking about for that time Mm -hmm. so anyway I took notes love it so Braxton and I um are high school sweethearts which is silly no but I love it I mean we like raised each other I love it like I know him so well but um I always wanted to be mom. Okay. Always. Um, Braxton knew that from the beginning. Like, as soon as we got married, I was like, okay, so, so <laughs> when are, are the babies? babies? <laughs> yeah. Um, But we started trying, let's see, we got married in January. We started trying the April after. So it'd been like a year and two okay. months. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is like not a long time. But yeah. again, we knew each other. Years. For a long time. The... Yes. Yeah literally um, years <laughs> I had just been taking birth control like the lowest hormone birth control pills okay and not for a long time like only for like a year and a half okay I started taking them that like, like a few minutes before got we got married yeah right a few minutes <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh yeah our wedding day let me just pop this really quick for real though um and then I was kind of expecting because I feel like you don't like no one said this to me. I was expecting, and I said this to my doctor, like, this is going to take us three months, six months, at the very most. Mm-hmm. And I never feel, felt like this was going to be an issue for us. Like, I just... You just didn't feel like no. it? No. You were like, yeah. Like, no. I know it's been pro- it's been a problem for a lot of people in my life, and I'm lucky that way that I, I kind of get it. But I just never felt like that was going to be our story, but here we, here we are. are. It's okay. That's fine. Um, so we started trying in April 2019.
0: Okay. One question, actually. Just because you said, like, you never expected this would be your story. Did you have, like, irregular periods before birth control? Or anything that, like, led you into, like, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, maybe something that would have yes. clued in. That's a good question. No. Okay. See, that's, I've had... that's why this is like unexpected fertility. Yeah. It can like come out of nowhere and totally punch you in the face because you have nothing to like lead you to think yes. this could be a problem.
1: Yes. So Sarah Jane got on and talked about her normal periods.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same. Okay. Like normal cycles, normal seven days, cramps the first day, heavy bleeding the first day, then like totally normal. Okay. Find the rest. I mean- like cranky, period. but yes, like but like yes, period normal yes yeah. totally okay. normal periods okay. uh so I went started trying in April 2019 I went to my regular OB in November so, so been like April May seven June, months yeah. May June July August September October November seven okay yes because I'm like again thinking this is gonna take us three or six months yeah so I went to own my OB I don't think that was like a normal Papsmere, i think i scheduled that okay because i was like i need to like just check in just you're check like, yeah
0: this is taking longer than i thought it yes
1: would. um which good for you
0: for being so proactive
1: well i'm telling you that's this it. is like what i wanted yeah i was like that's <laughs> true you're like this, this is what this we're is doing okay <laughs> true um and when i met with her she was like oh yeah like it takes normal people a year normal what the heck is normal um she said it takes about a year yeah and i was like but really like it should take like six months and literally this is our conversation she was like no no a year and i was like okay crazy doctor
2: yeah
1: i was like it shouldn't be taking me this long so i convinced her in that appointment to test my thyroid Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: i think is just a blood test Mm -hmm. um and that was normal
0: okay
1: i think they test tell me if i'm wrong again we're not doctors yeah for real they test your Free T4 mm-hmm. and THC. Yes, I think that's right. I can double check you, but I think, I that's, think right. that's right. Um, and it's basically like how your hormones are working. Like your thyroid obviously regulates your hormones, so it's like if your hormone, if your
0: thyroid hormone is off,
1: it's yes. indicative
0: that your hormones elsewhere are probably off.
1: Thank you. Got yes, to. you're more <laughs>
0: eloquent than me. No,
1: um, but everything came back fine. But I'm still glad that I convinced Advocate, her to do that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Advocate for yourself, and for sure. And she
1: was like, sorry. It's fine. She was like, come back in, I think she said six months. Okay. Wow. If it hasn't, yeah. nothing if worked. Yeah, nothing has happened. Yeah. Um, we continued trying. I went over her head and called the fertility clinic. Oh, you. <laughs> That's um, amazing, for real. The University of Utah Fertility Clinic, I will be a spokesperson for. They are so great. Good.
0: I'm glad you had a good experience.
1: Um. So we started seeing, well, first they had us test Braxton. Okay. So that was in January. So I went and saw my OB November, and then in January, I was like, we're getting on top of this. Yeah. Because we initially started trying in April, so it almost been a year. Yeah. Just short of a year. Yeah. Um, so Braxton did the first um, appointment with Dr. Hotelling, who's great. He's also at the U. Okay. Um, he did a sperm analysis. I think a few people have explained a sperm analysis on here. Um, oh, Olivia did. Yes.
0: I love that you literally,
1: like, know. I'm a fan. I'm proud of you. <laughs> and if you don't know, Anna is one of my very good friends. friends we are so good this friends. is just ch- us chatting. <clears throat> um, so they check, like... The overall count, and then the motility, and then uh, the morphology. So the motility is like how many are moving around, and the morphology is how they're shaped. Because there's some that has like two heads, or some Mm -hmm. that has like two tails, Mm -hmm. or some that are like a little abnormal looking. So um, he came back fine okay so no adequate factor. for pregnancy is okay. what they said adequate okay. for pregnancy like okay, okay great <laughs> yeah
0: you're like thanks
1: <laughs> actually they were like a little lazy but okay. but fine enough. yes he had enough Moving sperm enough. that it was like it's fine if a few are lazy because you have enough, enough. Okay. yeah <clears throat> um sorry I'm gonna be so annoying and you can cut this out if you want to, but I'm having world's worst allergies. Oh, yes. I already told nice. Anna. So I'm I sound like an idiot and I'm gonna be clearing my throat. No, you are fine. <clears throat> um, so he was
0: fine. Was that like a relief? Was Brax worried about like I mean, I yes. think that would be stressful. Yeah. I put myself in like that like I think about being that in that position and thinking like, what if it's like my my fault? Not your fault, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like yes. Being like, oh, it's my issue that this isn't working as easy as we thought, you know?
1: Yeah. I think he was really nervous, but he really took it in stride. He really did. Mm -hmm. Like, after they told him that he, there were a few that were a little lazy, he was like, lazy? You're kidding me. He like started (laughs) drinking so much more water, like did more cardio. He was like, I'm going to get these numbers up. Like, this is, no. This is not acceptable. I'm not surprised for two seconds. (laughs) I think they also test in your sperm your testosterone. Mm -hmm. And his was like just a teeny bit low. Okay. And since then, he's gotten really invested into testosterone. Um, I guess, again, fact check. I guess now like testosterone levels as a whole for men are much lower than they have been like in the last hundred years. Mm-hmm. So he's very passionate about testosterone. Yeah. Follow him on Instagram if you, <laughs> you want to see bone marrow, True meat, <laughs> working yes. out. He's crazy. Anyway, um, so then after that happened, after we got his sperm analysis back, I went to my fertility doctor. <laughs> Her name is Dr. Link. Also at the U, and she's great. Megan Link. Um, and you just go in and kind of explain, like, what's happening and what your, like, ideal number of babies would be. Um, anyway, they just talk to you the first time you have a consultation. And then um, the first thing she decided to do, because I was having normal periods, was... Um, check for like endometriosis or like um, a clogged fallopian tube or something. Mm-hmm. So they do that through, I don't think anyone's talked about this yet. It's an, a procedure called sonohistogram.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like a saline wash ultrasound. Yeah, I don't think anyone has. Okay. Have you?
0: I've never actually seen one. I know what it is, but okay. I've never actually done one. Okay. Tell us all about it.
1: So, um... They basically put a catheter up into your uterus and then flush it with saline while they're doing an ultrasound. So they can't see, um, like, the actual tissue or whatever, but they can see the shape because the saline is in there. So they can see, like, the negative, um, like, image. Mm-hmm. So they make sure that, um, like, your uter- uterus is shaped Okay, Um. I had, and I think, again, someone on here was talking about it. I don't remember who, but I have a slight dip at the top of my uterus.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. They said
1: that the degree of the dip is not, like...
0: You shouldn't have to need, like, surgery to, like...
1: Yes. Fix it. Yes. Okay. Um, But I they found out I did have a slight dip, and they could see that through, like, the saline mm-hmm. pushing against it, and then they want to see that the saline is coming out each of your tubes Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, so that there's no blockages or whatever because Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know this before we started this journey but every month when you ovulate you ovulate from one side or the other Mm -hmm. and they kind of switch off depending on like which ovary has the developed egg egg and Mm -hmm. follicle which I didn't know yeah so if you potentially do have one fallopian tube that's blocked you could only be ovulating every other month, mm-hmm. which cuts, your, yeah, cuts chances your chances of getting pregnant in half. In half. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, while this procedure was extremely painful, I hated it.
0: Really, just pressure? Like, why was it so painful? Yes. Okay.
1: Like more than a normal pap smear, they still like stick the speculum up there. That part is hard, but mm-hmm. like going through the cat, uh, the cervix mm-hmm. is tender. And then when they fill it with saline, the and pressure, it it. Yeah, yeah, the pressure gets a little tight and then you cramp for a little bit. Yeah. I actually think that I bled, like spotted, spotted after just because my cervix was like mm-hmm. bugged. Yeah. Um, but that was a cool experience. I don't remember if Braxton was there or not because this, this he was must turn... have been there. I mean, almost that was COVID. Almost COVID. Yeah. yeah. I
0: forgot um, about that. That was and February. And I'm sure we'll talk about that, but I remember. We are going to talk about it. Yeah.
1: Because that's February 2020, and then okay. the world shut down in like March. March. Yeah. yeah. So he must have been there. Um, oh, they call it, I wrote this down, arcuate uterus.
0: Oh, when it has the, the little, little dip. dip? Okay. Yes.
1: And then like a, which is a normal variation. It's really common.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But then like an extreme version of that would be like the heart-shaped uterus, mm-hmm. where the dip is really deep. Yeah. And that can cause problems with, like, implantation and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that was good. I didn't have any blockages. Everything looked fine other than, like, my normal variation. Um, So with those two tests, with Braxton's Adequate for Pregnancy Sperm Analysis Mm -hmm. and my sonohistogram with no, like, obvious complications, Mm -hmm. no endometriosis, they were like, you guys look like a really good candidate for IUI.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they're like, everything's pretty much checking out. Yes. Maybe you just need a little help with your timing. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Kind of.
1: Basically. They were <laughs> like, if you want like an extra turbo boost and yeah. you're helping, like let's do an IUI. Okay. And they did explain IVF um, and gave me the option to do it. but. Okay before
0: we're, IUI? Like, they just let you... Like, would have let you choose or would they have made you do IUI before?
1: Yeah, they kind of wanted to do... Because we both had, like, quotation, normal, uh-huh. average uh-huh. <clears throat> situations. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Please you're cut that out. Fine. <laughs> um, they were like, you're a good candidate for IUI. It's cheaper. It's less on your body. Let's try this first. Mm-hmm. And our clinic said that we could try three to four. Okay. And then if the three to four don't work, we can move on. But usually if it's going to work for you, it's going to work in that three or four tries. Couple rounds. Yeah. Is what they told us. And I don't know, like obviously what other doctors are saying, but so again, that was in February. We had our first IUI in June.
0: Okay. June of 2020.
1: Yes okay so we tried for yeah Yeah. i forgot that um so we tried for a few more months and Mm -hmm. then june we did our first iui okay such a crazy crazy time, bet yeah Yeah. um braxton was not there for the actual iui but i need to back up because there's so much more that happens before you get to the doctor for the iui yes give us the details (laughs) Okay, so our first cycle of IUI, I did um, no Clomid. Okay. So Clomid is a pill that you take usually between days three and seven of your period or mm-hmm. of your cycle, your first day of your period being day one of your cycle. So <laughs> you, you take it uh, day three through seven, and what the Clomid does is it beefs up um, the follicles that are growing so instead of like usually in a unmedicated normal cycle you'll your eggs are fall so the eggs are in the follicles Mm -hmm. so the follicles will get big and then maybe one mature one will drop every month Mm -hmm. so what the clomid does is it makes it so like two or three mature Mm -hmm. so you take Clomid, usually. I didn't for this first cycle I was like, okay. let's just get like a little bit of help. Yeah. Um because in an IUI, and I know there was some questioning about this in one episode, so an IUI is an intrauterine insemination. So it's in your uterine. Okay. They go through, All the, the, way cervix. through the cervix yep. to the uterus. Yes. Thank I don't you. remember who was talking about yeah, that, but yes. I think it might have been Sarah. Okay.
0: <laughs> but we seriously were sitting there like, wait, I don't even know if they go all the way through, but that's amazing. So they but, all the way to the uterus. Yep. Okay.
1: Um, so we were like, let's just get a little bit of help. Let's get that sperm just a little bit closer to where mm-hmm. it needs to be. If it doesn't work, we'll go to medication okay. next, next cycle. Because I'm even weird about like Tylenol, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Just don't want to put anything extra in your body yes. if you don't need it. Yeah which is just my personal preference. but yeah, love it. Um, so that first cycle in June, we did no Clomid. So you just have your period, and then they do an ultrasound three or four days before they suspect you're going to ovulate. Okay, to kind of see
0: how your follicle is yes. getting ready to drop
1: the egg. Yeah, and it's really wild to see. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like a monster. They show you your ovaries, really? and you can see black lumps. And they all kind of touch, and some are bigger than others, but it is crazy, crazy. to see. I bet. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of why they want you to do the Clomid, because the Clomid beefs the follicle up that's holding the eggs so you can see them on the ultrasound, ultrasound better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go to this ultrasound three or four days before they think you're going to ovulate. They measure each follicle to see how many they suspect you're going to drop. Mm. There's, okay. there's like a threshold of above this size, your egg will release it.
0: Cool. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. So, um, th- and they check which ovary it's coming from, just so you know. And right. then, like, depending on the size, I think the follicles grow like two to three millimeters, millimeters or something yeah, a day. I, was, I would imagine it's like tiny, it's tiny, obviously. Yeah. So they can kind of guess when your body's going to ovulate. And then if you choose to... And usually with IUI, they recommend it. There is a shot called ovidrill. Okay. And it makes your body ovulate. Oh. So that when they go in to do the IUI, they know for sure you're going to ovulate ovulate Mm -hmm. and that the sperm is there at an appropriate time. Okay. So when they do the um, ultrasound, they're looking for how many follicles are going to drop, how big they are. They're looking for when they think you're going to ovulate, which they can guess based on how big they are. And then they're also looking for a trilameter uterus. Okay. So, trilameter, this is so I'm stupid. Like, educate me. Oh I my don't gosh. even know. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys, but I just think this is so interesting. It and is. hopefully, someone else does too. So, they're looking for your uterine lining to be really plump and squishy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, they look for trilameter. So, there's three layers of your uterine like wall, wall. Uh-huh. yeah and while you're ovulating they kind of beef up okay and that's where like all your water goes so that oh. this side is squishy so that an egg I can like can implant, implant really well. and get stuck yeah wow so it's really Our weird these are so cool it's really weird <laughs> and you can see it on the ultrasound there's like three distinct lines
0: of like the different of layers lining. that are like
1: yeah that's crazy <clears throat> it is crazy so they're looking th- for those three things and then they'll tell you when to inject yourself with the Avadryl. Okay. I think it's like 36 hours before, before. The, uh, before the IUI. Okay. So sometimes that landed at like 4.30 a.m., yeah. 12 at night, 11 in the morning. You never yeah. knew. Yeah. And I couldn't do the shots. I swear I tried so hard. <laughs> Braxton it's hard. is such a champ. He had to inject it, and it's the Avadryl is a subcutaneous Injection, so you mm-hmm. put it in like your fatty tissue, so like um, in your belly, in your belly, in your thighs, in your bum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that first cycle, we just did the Avadil, not the Clomid. Okay. So we did the shot thirty six hours. I came in for the IUI, and actually, first Braxton goes in. I think it's like an hour before. There. Okay. And he ejaculates into a cup. Yeah. In the Gives office, them a yes, and it's actually pretty cool because for IUIs, they can clean the sperm, so they'll take mm-hmm. out those ones that have two heads or two tails, and they'll mm-hmm. like kind just, of pick like the ones they think yeah will they be only leave the strong the ones. <laughs> yes, they only leave the strong ones, and yeah. they take out the dead ones. Mm. So, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. So he goes in an hour before it does his business, and then I I went in an hour later, and you just get into the doctor's room and strip down for the waist down. And then they come in with the sample and it's in like this little styrofoam box. Cause they have to keep it a certain holes, temperature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, is this your name? Is this your birth date? Just to confirm. Yeah. You know, you have You're your like partner's the right, sperm. Uh, <laughs> the right baby going to be in your uterus. <laughs> yeah. And, um, let's see. My doctor did not do that one. Uh, her, one of her assistants did which was confusing. Mm-hmm. I, w- I, I think she was there, actually, now that I'm remembering. She was there, like, helping her kind assistant. Kind of like shadowing. She was, like, teaching yes. her assistant. Yeah. Okay. Because you walking is a me teaching
0: hospital, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, that's what happened, um, which was great. So she was there talking me through it while this other doctor, Dr. Beck, was doing it, who was also great. Um, so they do the normal speculum. They have a small catheter. That they put the sperm into the catheter goes through your cervix to your, to your uterus yeah and then they kind of leave it floating in your uterus and hope then an egg will find it okay. easier yeah yeah how long did the procedure take like, it's so quick two minutes yep it's quick like, really yeah okay. and then you just have to lay there at least my doctor had me lay there for 10 minutes after okay. and then you get up and live your normal day With a little bit of cramping and, again, a little bit of spotting. Okay. Just from your cervix. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then you can't take a pregnancy test for two weeks because you've taken the Ovidryl. Which is HCG? Yeah. It has a little bit of HCG. Yeah. Okay. Which is your pregnancy hormone, which Mm -hmm. is what, like, pregnancy tests... Pick up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Detect. So you would have seemed pregnant just from, like, the hormone that was synthetically given
1: to you. Right. When, like,
0: it may not have in reality been... A positive pregnancy test yeah
1: so they say hmm. for sure don't take a test before two weeks because they don't like want you to get your slope. hopes yeah, up yeah for sure so um and that two weeks for anyone waiting, waiting for a baby <clears throat> whether it's been two months or two years those two weeks are the worst weeks yeah. and my only advice is like try to do something fun go on a hike distract yourself yes oh my gosh it's the worst times and you feel like it just drags and drags and drags but so that first time didn't work okay how did you feel was it like yeah was it like
0: were you thinking it would work you know what I mean were you like this is it like we're gonna get a little help it's gonna be successful yes you know
1: yes of course you let your mind go there yeah and you get a little hopeful and then you get brought down a little bit but it's fine And at this point, like, what is it? What did I say? June? June.
0: Mm hmm
1: I mean, it's been... A year and three months. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. A a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. I feel like that would be... Yeah. It would just be really hard to be in that position and not let your hopes get up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, like, you don't want to be necessarily, like, the other end of the spectrum where you're, like well I'm definitely not getting pregnant like you know what I mean like yeah. you don't want to send negative vibes to like your body but no, it's like where's the
1: balance that keeps you sane I know you and know? for us like it was our faith Okay. we could not have done it without a faith in God and in Jesus Christ and if you're not religious that's totally fine yeah. I think everyone has to find something to ground them in hard times if that's religion great if it's not great Mm -hmm. if it's family if it's a hobby i just think like if you don't have something to ground you you're gonna flounder during these hard times so for us it was faith like we read our scriptures a lot we prayed a lot we requested family and friends pray for us a lot Mm -hmm. um and we just I mean, I'm going to get emotional, but for us, we walked through this trial with our faith as a shield and just like tried to push forward. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you can't stop some things and they're just hard and they're supposed to be hard. I mean, this is a really important bringing a life into this world is important. And for some people it's supposed to be hard. And for some reason I needed to know that I fought for this baby. I don't know why. But I needed to fight for these kids that I'm bringing into the world. Um, so, yeah, it didn't work. And I was sad. But we got right back into it. We did another one in July.
0: Okay. So you don't have to wait a certain amount of time. No. You so can it's, do it on every cycle.
1: Yeah. So okay. um, I started my period. I started bleeding. And then they require you to take a negative pregnancy test mm. before you start Clomid. Because while Clomid is safe to try and get pregnant, it's not safe to take while you're pregnant. It can cause major defects and stuff. So um, you have to take a negative pregnancy test, even if you're bleeding. And then, yeah, you just immediately start the Clomid days three through seven of that period. You can just keep going one after another. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that you don't have to take a break. You don't feel like you're wasting any time. Yeah. So you're sad, but you're also like, you can immediately look forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, the July IUI, we did do Clomid.
0: Okay. Um, How did it make
1: you feel? Oh, gosh. I was just going to tell you that. (laughs) Horrendous. It is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. I was having, the biggest thing was hot flashes. We would be at dinner somewhere.
0: And you're
1: dripping. Yes. I am dripping in sweat all of a sudden, like going through menopause. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's working with your hormones. But, like, all of a sudden, the hot flashes, oh, my gosh. And they made me so cranky. Really? So cranky. And the Clomid is like, first of all, you're on your period. And yes. the Clomid is like messing with your hormones. Like an extra dose your, of hormone. <laughs> yes. And it's beefing up your follicles so you feel bloated on top mm-hmm. of your pregnancy bloat. Mm-hmm. Just cranky. And like mad cranky. So July was our first medicated cycle, IUI. Okay. So I took the Clomid days three through seven. And I also think it's important, too, to talk about cost. Is that okay? Totally. okay want to I want to tell you how much this costs um, because we were really fortunate that this is something we could afford yeah. and that we had help, um, and IUI is even more so expensive, um, but I mean, I we didn't do that, so I can't speak to how much that costs, but so for the IUI and for our insurance going through the U, Braxton works at the U at that point, so he has... Use insurance insurance. and we're going Mm -hmm. to a U facility, Mm -hmm. so I think that that made it really affordable Mm -hmm. as affordable as it could be, yeah, in this situation. But so for the Clomid, it's about $15 for the bottle for four pills, uh, four or five pills, yeah, it's five pills.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, three Three through seven seven. three four five seven yeah, five pills. So it's
1: $15 for five pills, three bucks a pill, yeah. So That's, that's more a lot. expensive than I would have thought. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And like one time, if you do one cycle, fifteen bucks, like that's fine.
0: Yeah, but times but, that by four rounds. Yeah, it's like
1: that's like sixty bucks on Clomid. Yeah. That's it's crazy. A lot. And this thing is making you angry. Yeah. So you're like, <laughs> you're I don't like want to pay pissed. for this. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And then that ultrasound that you get three to four days. Oh, to check your follicle. Before, To check your mm-hmm. follicles. Yeah, they obviously charge you for the ultrasound. So mm-hmm. that I wrote down was like about two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. See, that doesn't surprise me, but yeah. ultrasounds are expensive. Like, they are. You just wouldn't know. And these are intravaginal ultrasounds, okay. I should say, also. So they have that big wand. The probe, yeah. And they stick it up in there, and they hurt because mm-hmm. they have to get that probe right, right. up against your, your ovary. ovary. Oh. So they're pushing on your ovary, so it doesn't feel great. Yeah. You're like, I'm already cranky. Now you're literally hurting my insides. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are poking me. Mm. Thank you very much. Um, and then same thing. With the Avadil this time in July, so we still did the Avadil shot. Um, the Avadil shot for us was one eighty.
0: Nah. Yeah. That so this actually like shakes This me.
1: shot is one hundred and eighty dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and you have to get it through like that a mail-in crazy. order pharmacy. They mail it to you. Okay. And you have to keep it refrigerated. Yeah. Which is like the biggest stress because you have to take it a certain amount of time before your IUI. So you have to coordinate with this Millen Pharmacy to make sure it gets there it's with enough time for you to take it to and get it to the temperature. It, yes, oh my to refrigerate gosh. it so that you can inject it at the perfect time. That's crazy. You're yeah. like as if I needed one more thing to stress about. And if you miss your dosage, they will reschedule your IOWA,
0: and you'll be out another one hundred eighty dollars yes. for a new shot. Yep, and new Clomid,
1: maybe. So it all starts to oh, add up, man. and it feels really Wick. important. Like, this is your whole world. I need to be home to wait for this delivery so I can put it in the fridge.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Your life just becomes this. Yes.
1: And oh. even more so for, like, Sarah, who did IVF, she said, like, she was happy and sad she was working at night because mm-hmm. she could go to all the doctor's appointments during yes. the day. Yeah. This is a little less. Like, you just have to make sure you can go to your ultrasound. Yeah. But,
0: okay. But still... Something that like you have to like schedule into your schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean you have to put in the work. It's a commitment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then the actual IUI was four hundred. Wow. Dang. So. And you're in there for two minutes. Yeah, I'm like, wait. (laughs) So it was about nine hundred dollars, and it varied a little bit every time, but it was about nine hundred dollars every time, every month. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, we were still in school. We're in an apartment. We've just gotten married less than two years ago. Yeah, you're not like rolling in the dough. We, nope, Braxton <laughs> is like at his first real job. Oh my gosh. Almost $1,000 a month every time. And again, it could vary because of insurance Depending and what on. clinic you're with. Yes. Yeah. So that's how much it costs for us. Um, but that IUI was successful.
0: We got pregnant Okay,
1: and I knew it. Really? Yep. I never thought that that would like, I mean, you hear people say like, oh, I knew I was pregnant. I really did. Okay. I don't know if it was spiritual or if it was like, I just knew my body was off. Yeah. I knew it. Okay. Yeah. So like
0: how soon after?
1: Um, I mean, again, I couldn't take a pregnancy test for two two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but I, before then though, you're like, I'm pregnant. I know it. Yeah. So we went to like Pal in July and the whole time. I was sucking on Jolly Ranchers. I don't think I was sick, but I was like, I had way less energy. Mm. I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like myself, but also I just feel like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. Like the happiest, most relief feeling that I shouldn't have had, but I did. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. So, um, we went to Braxton's cabin, his family's cabin, and we took a pregnancy test there and Um, I mean, we had taken a lot of pregnancy tests before we've taken a lot. I have a whole album in my phone of of pregnancy pregnancy tests. tests, And I think it was so important for me to document also the negative ones. Totally. Like I'm all for show your negative tests. Like that's also part of it, not Mm -hmm. just the positive tests. Mm -hmm. So I have a picture of all my negatives and we, I mean, obviously up until now we had taken way more negative tests than gotten positive mm-hmm. so we didn't want to and braxton like listen to me when i said like i think we're pregnant mm-hmm. but was understandably nervous yeah didn't want to see another test i mean it wears you down to see those negative tests totally um but i was like just let me show you i literally said just let me show you so i went to the bathroom set it on the counter didn't look And we went back after, like, the three minutes and looked at it, and we just started laughing. I mean, I was like, I told you. Yeah. You're, like, kind of in disbelief, but you're like, I was right. Yes. I was right. Look at this. (laughs) I mean, such a wild moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I told you. And he just started crying. And, like, I want to say also, I had seen Braxton probably cry, like, once or twice. Like, probably the night before he left on his... Um, church mission mm-hmm. was the first time and then like not at all yeah. until we started trying for a baby now I've seen him cry a million times
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so tender though. it is
1: so tender and bless him he, we just started like softly crying and laughing and we were just so overjoyed happy. this yeah. has been
0: like a year and a half in the making at this point yep
1: um so we found out July 25th
0: okay um wow like almost a year. I guess that's what, three-year anniversary? No, two-year. Two-year from then, right? This is 2020. This is 2020, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. almost okay. two years ago. Really yeah, crazy. That is um, crazy.
1: So, yeah, we were just living in our bliss. We found out July 25th, about 15 or 16 months after we originally started trying.
0: Okay. So,
1: April. way April longer than July. you thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, if I had waited to call the doctor, to yes. call the infertility clinic for real though it could
0: have been longer yeah it probably would have been like at least six months longer than that because what you would have tried for a year and then they would have taken you to like the fertility then it would have taken like three months to do that and that and that and then you would have gone to iui like it's just i
1: i get i understand the 12 month window yes uh guideline whatever general rule also if you feel like it this is taking too long then it's taking too long. Like you can call and it's awkward, but it gets easier. Yeah. Just
0: advocate for yourself. Yep. Honestly. And like, if you find a doctor that like doesn't vibe with you and doesn't want to like go through with what your wishes are, find a new doctor. Yes. There are a million doctors. I know you did that with this pregnancy. I'm so happy for you.
1: Um, so we found out July 25th and because we were working with a fertility doctor, we called them, like, pretty much. So that was on a Saturday, I'm we'll pretty call them, sure. Like, so Monday. we called them Monday. Okay. Yeah, we were able to, um, they go in and they'll do blood draws to test your HCG, mm-hmm. which I don't think they normally do. Like, normally mm-hmm. when you're not working a f- fertility, fertility clinic, you wait till like, 9 or 10 weeks and then you go get an ultrasound, right? Mm-hmm. So we were lucky in this way. Like, we got to go to the fertility clinic that next week, like, a few days after finding out get a blood draw, test my HCG. So that first HCG, the 28th, so three days later, okay, was 3.37. Okay. And they said it was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we found out early because yes. we knew yes, you it knew. was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was low, but not like alarmingly low. Yes. <clears throat> because it was still early. Um, And then you go in two days later because they want to see your HCG double Mm -hmm. or close to double, which means that the baby is growing Mm -hmm. or that your hormones are rising, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we went in two days later, July 30th, to have another blood draw. And then we left for Lake Powell. Okay. So like no service. Did you have your results before you went? (laughs) So. You getting there? (laughs) Nope. I had my blood draw like 8 a.m. And then we immediately left left Lake Powell. Okay. So we're in the middle of nowhere, Utah, Yeah. driving, and I get a call. My heart just went through my butt. Now, not then, like now, <laughs> like reliving instant, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still like going back to that is so weird. We're in the middle of nowhere. My phone rings. It's my assistant that I've been working with through this whole process, Megan Link's assistant and she said did you see your results yet and I was like no I haven't seen them and she said I'm so sorry but your levels have not doubled um they've dropped significantly and this will not turn into a successful pregnancy and I had it on speaker cause we're in the car driving um and i knew what that meant like i've been researching Mm -hmm. i know women that have miscarried the woman that i nanny for has miscarried um a few times more than a few times Um, braxton's family members have miscarried like i'm really lucky i know Mm -hmm. i get it i know women that have gone through this experience but so i knew exactly what she was saying she's I, we, I told her we were on our way to Lake Powell. She knew that. She was like, when you get back, let's do another blood draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and kept it really short. Because I'm sure that's not a fun phone call for them either.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, she knows me. She knows. I mean, that would be sad. That would be a sad job. So she kept it really short, hung up, and I lose it. I mean, I'm bawling in the car in the middle of nowhere. Braxton pulled over. Um so at this point we're stopped at a gas station like an unmarked gas station in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. south utah
2: mm-hmm.
1: and braxton is like okay so what do we do to get your levels up like what do we do like do you need to just rest do you need to whatever and i'm like no braxton You're
0: like, you it's can't, gone you can't do it's anything. gone
1: yeah like this is not gonna work out we've lost our baby and he was like, that's not what she said. And I was like, yes, Braxton, that's what she said. And so he made me call her back. And again, understandably, <clears throat> she didn't really want to talk to me. Mm. She had the assistant that answered the phone be like, no, we've already spoken. Mm-hmm. Your results are in your my chart. Because she doesn't want to I mean, relive it again. And this probably happens where they have. People
0: call them back and be like, no, like you're wrong. Yeah. Cause you're in, you're in a little bit of a disbelief. Yes, yeah, yeah. You're in shock. Like you're just like, no, like I don't believe what you just told me. Like I, I know I saw a positive pregnancy test, you know, like yeah. that's where I think your brain just like inadvertently goes because you're like, this is the There's last no news I want. There's yeah. no way, you yeah. know?
1: And how does this, ha- I mean, that was a thought I had. How does this happen to me? We've waited so long. Mm -hmm. We've had this happy moment, I think now for five days. We've had, we've lived the last five days in this bliss. Mm -hmm. And it's all coming crashing down. Like, what? Why? Mm -hmm. This can't be our story. So he Mm -hmm. made me call her back. She said, this is not going to end up in a successful pregnancy. And we were like, what do we do? Do we go to Lake Powell? (laughs) with your whole family like I know I'm gonna be bleeding I know that's how this goes Mm -hmm. and she said on the phone call like we would expect you to start bleeding in the next few days you're gonna need um like a heavy pad no tampons you can't do tampons while you're miscarrying um you'll need some underwear um if you see a clot bigger than a golf ball you need to get help Like immediately go to an Instacare, go to the ER. If your clots are bigger than a golf ball and just like, that's it. And so I'm like, do we go? Do we not go? Like we're obviously processing emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be bleeding.
0: You're about to be in the middle of nowhere on a lake in a swimsuit. You're like, this is the last place I want to be having a miscarriage.
1: But Braxton was not Okay. I mean I've never seen him like that mm. he I mean faith is so much of a, a part of our story um, it's what like brought us together
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he lost his in that moment he did and he lost it for a while this makes me so emotional Um, he lost it immediately he's like God doesn't want me to be happy God doesn't want this for us Um, he had lost all faith in that moment it was really sad and so as much as I did not want to go to Lake Powell and put on a show for all this family and be sick on the lake I was like Broxon needs to be with his family or he's going to go to a dark place Mm -hmm. so we went to Lake Powell with his whole family. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it's our happiest place on earth, but it was also our saddest place. And um, she, our doctor's assistant, quickly on the phone explained our hope is that your body will naturally pass this, that you'll start bleeding. If it doesn't, you'll need a procedure called a DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll know that when you come back in for your follow-up HCG, like we'll figure out a plan. Yeah. Uh, so we literally stopped on the side of the road at a gas station. I got pads. We stopped into like, it wasn't even a Walmart. It was like a general store and I got the biggest granny panties I could find. (laughs) Love it. I was not prepared to start bleeding on this trip. We didn't have anything. Yeah. I didn't have medicine. No, like Tylenol. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, we went to Lake Powell and it ended up being really good. The whole miscarriage experience is so happy, sad, happy and sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. Like we were so happy to be with family and in our favorite place, but I have this lingering, like, when am I going to start bleeding? Mm -hmm. When am I going to lose this baby? And you still feel pregnant. You still look pregnant. I Mm -hmm. mean, like, at this early pregnancy, obviously, you don't have a bump, but you are like bloated. you see your body every mm-hmm. day. You know when it looks different. Mm-hmm. And I was bloated, for mm-hmm. sure. But you're just in this limbo of, like, I know this belly isn't going to grow, but it's still here, and you're still with me. Mm-hmm. But you're not. It's so confusing. Um, but we ended up just having a good time in Lake Powell as best we could um i did not swim at all
0: <laughs> how did you survive
1: did not get like, in the genuinely? water july i Lake Powell it was like, so hot uh, were you okay <laughs> but braxton has a lot of nieces and nephews luckily and they're my kids i mean mm. i love them to death so it was good to be surrounded with them and they yeah. all just snuggled me and we were completely open about what we were so his family dealing knew. With. yes Okay. we called his parents on our way down after we had talked about it and decided to go, and did she they was know
0: like, you were pregnant already, or this was like you telling them we're pregnant but we're miscarrying? So uh, like no, we all... had told them. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, I should have mentioned that we yep, had told them fine. we were pregnant. Okay. And, you know, people like to wait until twelve or thirteen weeks, but we had this had been so long for us, and people had been mm. on this roller coaster with us that cared for us, yeah. and we felt like they've been on this journey with us. They need to know. Totally. So yeah, we told. His parents and my family. Um, once we got that first HCG, that confirmed the pregnancy. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we called their parent, his parents. We told them we're coming down, but this is what had happened, and they told all the siblings, and he has siblings that have had miscarriages that were on the trip, so they got it. I mean, they knew. Yeah. And I would be, and I called one of them, and I was like, "What am I in for? What do I need to get at this store?" what do I need to expect? And she kind of walked me through all of it, Mm -hmm. which was really helpful. I know for a lot of women, it's not like that. Yeah. They just don't even know what to expect and they have nowhere to ask, you know? Yeah. So I was really lucky. Um, Mm -hmm. But we went to Lake Powell and I actually didn't start bleeding in Lake Powell. I started bleeding on our way home. Kind of a gift. It kind of was. (laughs) And that part was also really confusing too because we're sitting in the car just like listening to a podcast heading home again in the middle of nowhere. And... You know, you like sometimes feel when you start bleeding. And I was like, Braxton, I'm bleeding. And in that moment, I was so relieved that my body was doing it naturally. Mm -hmm. It knows what Mm -hmm. to do. I didn't need like You didn't have to go have a DNC. Right. Mm -hmm. But also, you're so sad because now it's official. Mm -hmm. This is not going to work out. Mm -hmm. But then you also feel guilty for feeling the relief. So you're yeah, just like, all you're relieved, you're emotions. guilty, you're sad. I mean, the deepest sadness mm-hmm. that this isn't going to work out, yeah. that our first baby won't live with us here on earth. Mm-hmm. It's devastating, but there's so many emotions and it's just, it's crazy. So I bled um, really heavily for like the first two or three days. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't that bad for the next like, I mean, it was like a period, but mm-hmm. like a really heavy period. I mean, I had some really big clots. Mm-hmm. Um, just pads, and then that was over. And we called the fertility clinic, and um, obviously had our lab draw. Let's see. Um, the next day we got home from like Lake Powell, Powell. so okay. it was like a Monday or a Tuesday. Okay. And at that point, my HCG was forty-one. Okay. And I forgot to say this, but the day that we left for Lake Powell and they tested me, it was 155. So okay. it went from 337 to 155. 155 to 41 after it miscarried. After, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, my body I'm was doing... i trying to remember
0: what normal range is, but, like, you're... I mean, I think zero, technically, unless, like,
1: I have to check. I know... No, so... Everything under five is technically a negative five. test. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So since I was at 41, they wanted You'd to do one more blood positive. draw. Okay. Yeah. I had to do one more, um, especially where we were going to obviously continue doing IUIs. Mm-hmm. They need to know you're negative, not negative, negative mm-hmm. that everything's gone. Yes. Before they start you on like Clomid again. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the day after we got home from like poly to blood draw, it was 41. Obviously, like we're we're in this miscarriage yeah. it's happening yeah um i uh so then a week later the next monday they had me come in again yeah, their blood draw yep okay and i was at a two okay so that's technically a negative
2: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. um and that was august 11th okay um and So I bled for about a week, but then for about a month after my miscarriage, my cervix was so unbelievably sore. Really? Oh my gosh, it was so tender. Like, we would have intercourse, and it would hurt during, and then, like, I would be sore for, like, a full day after. Like, just so tender.
0: Huh. That's really interesting, truthfully. Like, just because, especially because you passed the baby... Like, without any assistance. Yeah. It just mm-hmm. is surprising to me that your body was, like, sore. But... Well, I'm that's, still... That's cool I don't know. know
1: what happens, but, like, I'm assuming your has, cervix has to dilate a little bit yeah, to let everything to out. all the clots and things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you would assume such. Huh.
1: Yeah. So, it was detail. really sore. Yeah. Um, and then, let's see... I have to look at my note because I don't remember what happened. Okay, so then... I did Clomid. September?
0: Yep. You, so you skipped August, I guess, because August 11th is where you were at too.
1: Yeah, and I had already passed, passed. the baby. Okay. Yeah. So September, the beginning of September, I got another period. Okay. And again, that is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And but throughout this whole thing, we're just, just trying maintained. to find the tiny miracles. Like, mm-hmm. we're just hanging on to threads here. These tiny miracles that my body, then after the miscarriage... Got a normal period was a blessing so um the beginning of September I got my period back and started coming okay at this point and
0: you don't have to answer this but is Brax like where is he mentally at this point
1: I mean it took him like a minute a good month maybe a month and a half mm. he would not pray with me mm. um I said all of our prayers during this time um We were still going to church, but it felt disconnected. Like, he didn't believe what he was hearing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And it just took time. And, uh, like, what choice did we have than to believe in uh, something bigger than us? Like, Mm -hmm. we needed to hold on to something. I mean, at a certain point, he had to be like, no, this is not God. This is a part of our lives and mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. And we learned how to communicate with each other and how to lean on each other and how to go through hard things together. I mean, Braxton and I have been through hard things, but this was obviously the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he started coming back around, would start saying prayers, okay, um, started getting into it slowly. Okay. But yeah, we, I mean, it was hard, but we were both like, we've miscarried, but we still want this. Mm-hmm. So we just need to continue. Yeah. We, we got to jump right back in. And I think
0: it's important just to like side note. I just think it's important to n- like note that while you are obviously the one who physically went through the miscarriage, like Brax also went through the miscarriage. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that just doesn't get the like attention it deserves because like this is a two person deal, <laughs> you know, and... While we, like, make jokes about how, like, men will never understand being pregnant, like, they're still just as much a part of it as you are. And, like, to discount what they go through in, like, getting pregnant is just, I think it's lame. So. Yeah.
1: I actually, like, in preparation for this, I asked him, like, what do you want me to share? What do you want not want me to share? Like, what advice would you give mm-hmm. for other people in this situation? And... I remember going through the thick of this, like begging people to ask how Braxton was. No one said like, how are you doing? They would text Braxton and be like, what does Stacey need? Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. But also, like I said, Braxton yeah. is emotional. He's also put his heart and soul into this and no one asked him how he was. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because he cared just as much as he, I did. I mean, he also lost a baby mm-hmm. even though it didn't physically come out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both at that time were like just begging for people to ask Brax how he was. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to mention we had such awesome, awesome friends. My friends showed up to the home of the family that I nanny with like mm. a little gift basket. Oh my gosh. And they had gotten us like treats. I love candy. So it was just full <laughs> of candy. And they had gotten us both massages. Oh, that's which amazing. was the most fantastic gift, yeah. like it was so thoughtful that like, first of all, massages are expensive, but there was like a few girls that had all pulled their money to get mm-hmm. us these massages, and mm-hmm. then also like, what a good gift to just go and lay like, relax and like relax. Yes, yeah, it was awesome. That's I loved it. It was so sweet. Um, we had an awesome support system. They brought over that little gift basket, and I was a mess. But, um, yes, if you. And here, this is like my little plug. You know someone that has had a miscarriage. I promise you do. Whether they've been vocal about it or not, you know someone like that has they, lost a baby. This is the
0: number one requested topic. Like, because everyone has, not everyone, but like the majority of people have either gone through it or know someone who has. I know? promise
1: you know someone. Yeah. Even if you think you don't, you do. Mm-hmm. And the more I talk about it, the more I find out people people have have had them yeah Mm -hmm. and multiple too Mm -hmm. which is heartbreaking and everyone's is a little bit different but we have to talk about this Mm -hmm. we have to talk about losing babies Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the physical and mental toll we've got to talk about it i will talk about it till the day that i die and you can come on here and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it for the rest of this podcast i also i had to like i had to use it as motivation like God gave us this trial, and not that he, like, rewind. He didn't, like, he's not punishing us for something that we've done. He's not making our life hard. Because he knows us perfectly, he knows what trials will teach us the lessons that we need. And this this was going to teach us a lesson that we needed to know. So, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying?
0: We were just talking
1: about how we need (laughs) to talk about
0: miscarriages. Oh,
1: yes. So part of why I'm so grateful that this happened, which is like a silly thing to say, is because I've been able to mourn with people that have gone through this. And how can I, I mean, to each their own, it is a very personal experience. Mm -hmm. But for me, I can talk about it. So how could I not? Mm -hmm. How can I not talk about it every chance I get? And it's special, too, when you talk to someone about it who has gone through it. You're connecting like they know how important it was. Mm -hmm. Because people can say, like, I'm so sorry. I understand how you feel. But you don't. Mm -hmm. Unless you've, I mean, it's sad to say, but unless you've gone through it. And because losing a baby is such a specific thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've lost a member of your family. Yeah. But losing a baby is different, yeah. And talking to someone else that has gone through the same thing, they understand what you've gone through
0: mm-hmm.
1: and can feel you totally. So, I'm happy to talk about it. And if I missed anything, remind me. But, um, yeah, so we jumped right back in in September, okay. Um, with Clomid and with the Avidrill, okay. And um, that one was performed by an RN, wow. Yeah. I did not know that was in my scope of practice. I Very mean, cool. I guess if that's like your specialty or whatever, yeah, like your cool. area of Yeah, if you've gotten fertility, yeah. cool. Um, so it was an RN, and that IUI ended up being unsuccessful. We did not get pregnant. Okay. Um, and we were sad, obviously, mm-hmm. but it helped me realize I was not okay emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of glad that it was negative because I realized, like, I needed a minute. We jumped right back in. I had not Mm -hmm. processed what had just happened. Um, Like, I needed to do some serious work. And I did not go through therapy throughout this experience. I really should have. But we had so much going on, and we were already spending $1,000 a month to do this. Mm -hmm. It just... I've gone to therapy before and I love it, but it was not like something I had in my emotional wheelhouse mm-hmm. to do during this time, which mm-hmm. is counterintuitive, but whatever. I did not go to therapy, but, um, after September I was like, I need a break. I need to process this. Mm-hmm. I need to not try for a second Mourn that baby because it's important mm-hmm. and then move on. Mm-hmm. So we decided to stop trying I mean, I didn't go back on birth control or whatever. We just had sex without timing it. I was not taking ovulation tests. Yeah. Um, And then I needed a surgery anyway. So we were like, look, we'll just take a break, process. We'll do this surgery, and then we'll come back to it in a few months. So I got surgery in November, something completely unrelated. And um, I was on like a steroid anti-inflammatory after you're on all these drugs i had been mm-hmm. prescribed an opiate
2: mm-hmm.
1: like was not trying yes you're like i'm, I'm not on a zillion thinking, drugs yes. i've just gotten surgery we were not trying mm-hmm. and that was in november that i got that surgery so okay. we took a i mean a good break from
0: Yeah, a good two two months two and a half october months. november yeah.
1: yeah it was at the end of november i got my surgery so we would taken two months i'm so glad we did mm-hmm. i'm grateful for braxton being receptive in me saying I, I need, need to sack. pause mm-hmm. because if I continue, this is going to be really bad down the road. Yeah. I'm grateful for him and for listening lucky. to me. Seriously. Yeah. Um, December. December.
0: I guess end of November. You okay. just had your surgery. I just had surgery.
1: Yeah. Um, December 20th. Okay. I found out I was pregnant. Crazy. No IUI. Oh, Nuh uh. Yeah. Did did you not not know know this? What the heck? No. I I had ovulated while I was on all those drugs. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know. Yeah. No. Because you're not even thinking about it. Beginning of December, I ovulated. And (gasps) again, middle of December comes and I'm like, I'm pregnant. I knew knew? exactly the same. Yes. Stace. And this time I'm like, what? I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm not pregnant. No. And I hadn't taken a test yet. And this time I was the one that was like, I don't want to take a test. I don't want to see this be negative.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I don't think I told Braxton that I had this same hint that I was pregnant. Cause I was like, you're literally crazy. You're not pregnant. Um, but we did, we took a test one morning. I took a test in the bathroom and before we had always done the like pee on it, quickly move it so you can't see it and then look at it together this time because i was so confused why i knew i was pregnant but like i could not have been pregnant because yeah. at this point it's december we've been trying for 2 years yeah and have just gotten a miss this is like, 5 or 6 months 5 months august to december yeah after a miscarriage miscarriage i was so confused so i literally still sitting on the toilet put it on the floor and i watch the wetness go from left to right and the pink lines could not have been more clear And they showed up as the liquid is moving over. And I was like, oh, no. Literally, I said, oh, (laughs) shoot. Oh, shoot. That's crazy. (laughs) And I just, like, picked it up and walked into Braxton and was like, we're doing this again. This is happening again. Oh, shoot. Like, literally, that's what I was saying. Like, oh, no, we're doing this again. But I was happy, too. Yeah, you're like... This is so confusing. (laughs) All the mixed emotions that go into getting pregnant, I was like, oh, no, and oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. And he just starts crying again. Yeah. And I was like, I knew it, but, like, I didn't want to tell you. Yeah. But, like, I knew it. It was like, I can't even explain that moment. But, I mean, it was happy. But you're also just like... But also, like, how did I just get pregnant after two years of trying with, with no help, yeah, crazy. Our man. miracle baby was yeah. on the way. Yeah, she was like, "I'm coming, knocking, would, mama, yeah, I knock, know. knock, here I come." <laughs> and that's exactly how her personality is now. Yeah, she's. Spoiler exactly. alert: We got our baby. <laughs> she, Ezra Elizabeth, came into the world August. Oh my god! One year after I had miscarried. Kind of crazy. Yeah, wow. and she is the sassiest, spunkiest, chunkiest little girl. <laughs> yeah, she literally is. She is She's my favorite baby. <laughs> Jake Anna's husband said that we went swimming the other day and that she could swim with the flotation in her <laughs> in cheeks. In her cheeks, for yes. real though. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had a successful pregnancy. And at this point, even though they didn't do the IUI in December, we were still working under with the, the care. Of our fertility specialist, yeah, mm-hmm. so we went and got HCG done again okay. for this, for, for Ezra. As. Yeah. Okay.
0: Was it like, how did you feel knowing that you were going to go into that again? Oh. Were you like terrified?
1: It was bad. Yeah. Um, Because, so the next day, we found out on a Sunday we were pregnant. On the 20th, the 21st, I went and a a blood draw in the morning. I'm in the exact same room with the exact same tech or whatever yes, Mm -hmm. taking my blood draw Mm -hmm. and I just started bawling and this sweet man oh my gosh that sweet man, poor him I start bawling and he's like are you okay, do you not like needles and I'm like no I'm so sorry, the last time I was here I was confirming a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and he just went silent the whole rest of the time and I think that's what I needed anyway Mm -hmm. but I hate that that was part of his job but I just balled through the whole blood draw. Even though it was happy, like Totally. Yeah, but I, you're just
0: like deja vu. Like you were yeah, just literally same reliving room, Same tech.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, just having major PTSD. Yeah. Um, but it ended up being okay. So that first hCG was 732. So your levels were already higher. Already the highest were. level I've ever mm-hmm. had, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we got excited. I think we told people again really early, like immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go in two days later, and it was at one thousand four hundred and ninety nine. So we had doubled. Yeah, yeah. So after that, we were like, "Okay, we're doing it. Like, this is going to happen. This is our girl. We waited for her. She's coming." Mm -hmm. Um, And then we got to do a special viability ultrasound since we were still under the care. Yeah of the fertility clinic. So usually I feel like you don't get a pregnancy or a ultrasound until nine or eight or nine or 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. And we got an ultrasound at seven. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, so awesome. And I had borrowed um, an at-home Doppler from a friend. Mm Mm-hmm just because before that before ultrasound yeah just because obviously our history and i was nervous totally. and i knew she had one so we were like why not yeah yeah so um it didn't really work before the ultrasound mm-hmm. and at the ultrasound i mean she's tiny yeah the seven point, weeks like, yeah <laughs> yeah so we didn't even hear the heartbeat at the ultrasound we could just see it mm-hmm. like the waves the... getting bigger yeah yeah so we could see her heartbeat and she's just a smudge yeah. On the computer, Literally like a pinto bean. <laughs> she is. She is like a little beautiful smudge. Yeah. And Braxton was at that ultrasound with me.
0: Amazing.
1: Which was really special. But I think we were both too in like that same shock. Like, what are we doing here? Is yeah. this really happening? Yeah. Like we didn't process until like we got home that day. Like, oh, we just saw our baby, yeah, and she's like, a heartbeat. We have an
0: ultrasound picture. Like, yes, right here. We got
1: a picture. Yeah. yeah. It was so crazy. Right on the fridge, that picture went. <laughs> um, of course. Are you kidding? Um, and then we graduated mm-hmm. to an OB. Okay, and it was really sweet. Like Megan Link, our doctor, like wrote us a little note saying Aww. congratulations, you've graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were everyone was really sweet there. I mean, that's the ideal. They want to send people to the OB. Like, oh, yeah, they that's don't the happiest keep you day forever. of their job. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they that was really special. Um. But we got an ultrasound at nine weeks with our normal ob Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and got to hear the heartbeat and she was a little bit bigger smudge love it and yeah the rest is history the rest is history and then i think we had another ultrasound at like 13 weeks okay
0: that's nice yeah that's i feel like that doesn't happen every time yeah at least for me it didn't but that's i think
1: you know what happened i switched doctors uh, I did what you did. Okay, yeah. So my nine-week ultrasound was with one doctor, and then I had a different doctor for my 13-week. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. You just reminded me. Um, and then, let me think. Um, telling people we were pregnant after, like, the 13-week mm-hmm. ultrasound, like, mm-hmm. it's really real. She's really healthy. Yeah. Telling, like, extended family members after a miscarriage is really interesting because again we were open about our miscarriage with like my aunts uncles family I think I posted something about it on Instagram
0: yeah like people knew
1: people knew we had miscarried Mm -hmm. and that's fine that's that was our choice but so now we're telling people that we're pregnant with this miracle baby and um the things people say bless their hearts they are trying I know they're good intentions but um yeah, I started a note light. in my phone of, things people of the said s- oh, silly no. things people have said, and I'm just going to, yeah. Just let's just go through them. Shed some light. Just a few.
0: <laughs> These are things never to say
1: <laughs> to anyone. So this, this note is called, Telling people you're pregnant after having a miscarriage. Sounds like this. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Us. We're pregnant. Oh, yay. So how many weeks are you? When are you safe? Mm. Yep. One of my family members said, after I said, We're pregnant, she's this far along, we're so excited. Now when are you safe? And I'm like, Oh knife You're like, in the stomach. Sis. Okay. Like I'm telling you happy news and then you just get right back brought right back miscarriage. into Mr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be happy. And I always wanna remember that baby. She he or she is a part of our family. But like, in that happy moment, I didn't need to be reminded of the suffering that we had gone through. Totally. So don't say, when are we safe? Because she is safe inside of me. They're there. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I know she didn't mean anything. She was asking.
0: But this is so important, genuinely. Yeah. To just...
1: And I'll give you ideas of what to say say. when we're done. Yes, Yes, I would love that. Um... This one is also well-intentioned, but just whatever. We're pregnant. Yay, you're having a rainbow baby. And then someone actually told me what a rainbow baby was. Mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar, a rainbow baby is what people in the fertility community like to call a a baby after a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Because they're your rainbow after the storm. Mm -hmm. They're trying to give it like a positive spin. But, again, a rainbow baby, for me, you're reminding me of my other baby Mm -hmm. that I had lost in that moment. And I don't need you to mansplain. It was a girl, but But same idea. Yeah. I don't need you to mansplain what a rainbow baby is. I know. Yeah. You're like, sis, I'm the one that's been through it. I actually do I know. Yeah. And if I decide to call it a rainbow baby, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But if I just want to call it my baby, that's fine, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, oh, someone said, we're so excited for you that you've made it this far. Don't, don't, just don't. We're going to make it all the way. Mm -hmm. I need all of your positiveness right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so excited to meet this baby. Say that. Um, someone that was also pregnant said to me, I guess we all got a little bored in quarantine again this is over COVID and I was like oh no I'm like my mouth just we are not bored <laughs> like... this is not a bored baby we were act like yes, we have been like, working actively working for this yes <laughs> for were, two years yeah like no we weren't bored I <laughs> assure you um People, but yeah it's fine and you can laugh about it like I'm sure we you, did you do know and I now... mean we say
0: it and we're like holy shits why did they say this but like you know the intention was like yeah Good. It was coming from a good place. Yeah. They were happy you were pregnant and like worried that you were going to have to go through what you just went through. Yes. I know they're but, all
1: being loving and worrying and whatever, but. It is so <laughs> much better to be educated about how to approach that
0: situation. So
1: some ideas. Yes. Throw, throw in them. yours if you have any. <laughs> um, and because I too, even going through a miscarriage, I still don't know what to say to some people it's so hard it's so personal and everyone takes it a little bit different yes so just start at i don't know what to say but i want to show up for you i am here for you what do you need dinners yeah just like when you have a healthy baby when you birth a healthy baby dinners are also helpful when you're going through hard times yeah for sure (laughs) just say i don't know what to say but i can cook for you yeah. When can I drop off dinner? Not. What would you like for dinner? What What day? No, I'm just saying. I'm dropping I'm off Windsor dinner five. Tuesday. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just don't and if that doesn't work, that I'm day. coming Wednesday. Yes. And if that doesn't work for me, I will say no. But
0: like, just, just be, be like I'm in the bringing help you're dinner. going to give. Yep.
1: Mm. Um. What else? I'm sorry. Just say I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Don't say, I understand how you feel. Just say, I'm sorry that's happening to you. And I feel like that's where
0: I personally have felt, like, with the many people in my life that I know have had miscarriages. Because I have had two successful pregnancies and I have never had a miscarriage. And, like, that doesn't mean that I had my babies happen really fast when we decided we wanted a baby. But, like, I never experienced a miscarriage. And so... I've always kind of been at a loss of words to know, you know, like, how can I relate to you in the way that, like, I know what it's like to be pregnant, but, like, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant and then not be pregnant. Yeah. You know, and you never want to, like, you never want to come off as someone that's, like, I know what you're, like, I understand. Because you don't. Like, you you genuinely don't. Well, you can
1: imagine what losing one of your kids would
0: be like. No, no, yes. Like, it's, like, (laughs) theoretically, in my head, I'm, like, I can imagine that that is the most horrible thing to go through. But have I been through it? No. So, like, how do I be there for you? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard. Which is fair to say. so hard to
1: know. That is better than not showing up at all. And I feel bad because even post-miscarriage, I have not shown up. And it's so hard for me. Like, I feel so guilty for the few people that I know I have not shown up for. Because also, going through it, it's hard for me to relive it with other people. I'm happy to do it but it's hard and sometimes I cannot I don't have the energy energy. yeah Yeah. and I have not shown up for people and it's hard but just say that say I don't know what to say say I don't know how to be here for you right now but I want to show up Mm -hmm. just say that drop off flowers I don't know like your intentions are so important in this moment don't be a nosy Nelly Yeah, it is really interesting find a podcast yeah. don't ask your friend <laughs> listen to stacy's episode on repeat
0: if you feel like you need the deets <laughs> it's
1: interesting I, but your friend doesn't want to go through it with you right now yeah yeah don't ask and now i won't ask people like when are you trying when would you have another one um people said to us all the time not knowing we were going through fertility treatments you're next don't mm-hmm. let's not throw that out there yeah. i would like to be next but it's not working for us. Mm -hmm. Unless someone is offering that information up to you Mm -hmm. already, just don't ask. It's none of your business. Yeah, Growing, adding another member to your family is so personal. It's none of your business. It's interesting, but some thoughts are inside thoughts.
0: (laughs) For real, though. And you're like, and in retrospect, if I want to tell you, I will. Yes. But in the moment, like... You don't need to know.
1: <laughs> like, you people know? asking, are you pregnant? Like, what do you want me to say You're right like, now? Do you want... Is what? this how you want to find out? Yeah. Yes, I'm pregnant? Yeah. This is how you want to find out. <laughs> yes, you want me to say though. yes right now? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you want me to lie? Yeah. Okay. So, You're just like, don't so ask. just put us in an awkward situation. <laughs> yeah. So, both of us hate this conversation, so just don't ask <laughs> if I'm pregnant, okay? I will tell you when I want to tell you. Yes. For real, though. <clears throat> um... And then also like being pregnant after a miscarriage, people asking, is this your first? Mm. Still to this day, I don't know what to say because I don't want to put you in this uncomfortable conversation where I'm like, no, I actually have an angel baby in heaven waiting for me. Yeah. And then having them be like, well,
0: oh, I'm so sorry. Do you want to give us details? uh, Or like, uh, I'm sorry, I just brought up something like you probably don't want to talk about. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard. So you just
1: say yes. Yeah. This is my first baby here on earth. And that's the perfect answer, you know, But for who it's for. That's great. It's confusing. And but like, you have to decide in that moment, do I want to get into this? Do I have the energy to get to into get this get conversation in this. right now? Yeah. So do I just say yes or do I say no? Uh,
0: <laughs> no, I actually, so my mom's very first baby passed away. Oh yes. And he was delivered at I think 32 weeks. Had he been born or maybe it was 28 or 27 just the way medicine was in the time that he was born, like yeah. there, he wouldn't he didn't survive. Had he been born now, he probably would have been fine. But like obviously we regard him as a part of our family. In my faith and belief, like I know that I'll meet him again. But like when people are like, how many kids are in your family? Like it depends. Like literally it kind of depends. Sometimes I'm like, oh there's ten. And sometimes I'm like oh there's nine just so I don't have With to explain. Extra like, in heaven. Yeah, you know, so it's like I don't have to explain, but my oldest brother actually died, and then they're like, oh, we died, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, oh, it was when he was a baby, like, you have to get into all the details, and it's yeah. just like, you know what, nine was an easier answer today, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that doesn't discredit, like, what my mom went through, it doesn't discredit the fact that, like, I do believe I have a brother in heaven, but sometimes sparing the details, like,
1: just really kind of keeps everything a little more simple yeah it you does. know <laughs> certain people get certain answers yes. and if it's a close yes. person i'm a ha- person to me i'm happy to go through all the things totally. with you yeah but it is interesting and being pregnant too and like every stage of pregnancy as like as we got farther along um was that happy and sad again because mm. i now realize what i've missed with that with, the first with baby. my first baby yeah, yeah.
0: As we just said, your first
1: baby. <laughs> like, we're like, do we say that? It, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, like, that yes. is my first baby. Yeah. yeah. That's how I think. About. I mean, we already talked to Ezra about her sibling in heaven. I love it. Like, she'll grow up knowing that she has a sibling that watches over her. Mm-hmm. And that's our faith. That's how we've decided to get through this. Mm-hmm. Not for everyone, but yeah. that's what we're doing. Um. But yeah, so every stage of pregnancy we got through, it was like, oh, this is what. I would have had. Mm-hmm. This is what would have happened. Mm-hmm. And it made that sadness deeper because you realize what you've the you opportunities missed. you've lost, that you've, you've missed, missed, yeah. So the whole thing is just happy sad, which is just And wild. going back through like the IUI stuff too. I mean, I got into a few fights with people that were close to me because they wanted to know what was going on, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready. To explain, like, I got mad at a few really close people to me because they were talking about our IUI schedule when I wasn't there Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, like, oh, if she had the IUI this day, she would be pregnant pregnant or period Mm -hmm. this day. Mm -hmm. And I freaked out because, like, I know that they're on this journey with me or whatever, but I can't even explain this to myself yet. I'm not ready to explain it to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't rationalize it to myself. How do I rationalize it to other people? So I didn't need, like, my close people talking about it if I'm not there. If you have a question, ask me. And if I tell you no, drop There's it right drop there. It there. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's so hard. And it's so many confusing emotions. But that's what I'm so impressed about women. We... Go through life with this kaleidoscope of emotions, and we don't just survive; we thrive. For real. Though. Moms, women are thriving, mm-hmm. experiencing the deepest lows and the highest highs all in the same day, mm-hmm. and it's wild. And we just keep going, and we show up for ourselves, and we show up for everyone else, and we're superheroes. I agree. I couldn't agree more wholeheartedly. I think that
0: not only, like, your story just exemplified what you just said, but, like, everyone around you, look around. Like, there's a woman that (laughs) you would never know what she's been through because of the way she's acting and the life that she's created for herself from the things she's experienced. But, like, everyone deserves a big pat on the back. Like, I don't care who you are. Everyone deserves a round Mm -hmm. of applause because... Whatever your journey is, whatever your experience is, like, you've come out on top eventually, you and know? it's hard.
1: All of it's and hard. It's freaking hard. Yeah. And if you're getting through your day and you are, your kids, you're happy for, like, point one of your day and your kids are happy point one of the day, mm-hmm. we're doing good. Good job, Mom. For real, though. Um, my, actually, my father-in-law the other day asked me how my day was and I was like, oh, it was a really challenging day. This, this, and this went wrong. And then he said, how was Ezra's day? And I was like, well, Ezra got to skip a nap to play with friends and you know, Ezra had a good day. Even though mine was challenging. So I guess we all had good days. You know? Mm -hmm. Beautiful perspective. I don't know. It's crazy. Being a mom was crazy. And we ended up having a really great pregnancy. I had the world's worst heartburn the first 14 weeks I remember that I I mean I had hot fiery flames in my throat (laughs) the first 14 weeks and I just had to stay upright at all times at all hours of the day but a really great pregnancy um I gained like 50-ish pounds perfect a lot that's like that's like fairly normal though I mean between
0: 25 and 50 is like okay you're not, like, gaining more than they'd want you to gain. Okay. But, like, you know what I mean? I mean, I let my body do its thing. Yeah. I usually I was gain not like, 40 pounds. pounds.
1: Yeah. I gained a full 50. Yeah. That's good. I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Um, had a great birth. I mean, I learned a lot. And mm-hmm. we'll do a few things differently next time. But I think that's just what happens with experience. Yes. Had a great team at the University of Utah. Um, a beautiful... Baby girl, 7 pounds, 15 ounces, (laughs) 21 inches long, um, breastfed until 10 months, Mm -hmm. just barely started weaning. Yeah. It's going great. Good. I'm grateful we were able to breastfeed for that long, but I'm ready for a little bit of freedom. Mm -hmm. And like, we would love to grow our family, obviously, Mm -hmm. again, so... I need my body to be mine just for a second. Totally. While I try to give that intimacy back to my husband. Yeah.
0: No, that's so real.
1: (laughs) And share my body. Yeah. Um, to a different human now. (laughs) But
0: yeah. Overall, if you could like one word it for anybody who may experience what you've been through. Worth it.
1: Worth it. it. That's two. Okay, (laughs) well (laughs) worth it. I'm just kidding. It's so hard. Just keep your tiny glimpses of hope. Every tiny miracle counts in this journey. Count them all. Write them all down. Every tiny miracle. And like I said at the beginning, like I start forgetting all the hard parts. Because Ezra is so great. And being a mom now is hard, but it's so great. Um my few last things that I wrote down I just remembered I wrote this down the first time we were going to hang out with our good friends I mean these are good friends Mm -hmm. you know them Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this should not have happened the first time hanging out with friends since the miscarriage I had a breakdown a full panic attack That's fine. because I was like how do I function how do I pretend that this isn't the main thing going on in my life right now. Mm -hmm. How do I pretend that this is not the one thing my brain is on? How do I have like a superficial conversation right now Mm -hmm. with my friends when this is all that I care about? This is the biggest thing in my life. And I had a full panic attack for like 15 minutes in the car before we left to go hang out with my friends Mm -hmm. post miscarriage. Um, Because it feels trivial to talk about anything else besides the baby. Yeah, but I mean, they don't—they don't, they don't want to talk about it. Like you—you like, you feel you like talk about they don't want to talk them? about it. You know? Yeah, that's true. You don't want to like bring the mood down by talking about it. Mm. And I had a full panic attack. So if you have a panic attack, it is a okay. It's fine. Talk through it. Mm. Breathe through it. Mm-hmm. It will be okay. You will live. I promise. <laughs> um, and then I just remembered it was on my notes here somewhere. I had a little niece. I mean, she was little at the time, um, like four or five.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once I told everyone I was pregnant with Ezra, I would. I left the house where she was one day, and she said, "I hope your baby doesn't die." Like she was saying goodbye oh. to me, and she said, "Love you. Hope your baby doesn't die." <laughs> and and I like... was like, "Oh." You're like, Thank, Thank you. you. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> and I know this little four or five year old girl was being genuine. She I mean, really did like, not no. want my baby to die. Yeah. But, like, that moment was just like a reminder. Again, you're like, oh, yeah.
0: I had I a baby die.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? No. It's this sweet yeah, little girl. the sweetest oh, little, like. <laughs> you're like, thanks. And Braxton was there, too, and he was like, oh, okay. Well, cool. <laughs> Probably not the way to say for it, that. But thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. Gotta go. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I think those were my two stories. I forgot to tell, but now to my three things. Let's see. Oh. Um, we didn't even talk about postpartum at all. But I, these are my I postpartum. But let's hear them. That's fine. Hints. Okay. You can talk about postpartum in another episode. Um, the first few weeks, do everything with your partner. Every diaper change, every bath. If you have the opportunity, if your husband has the opportunity, if your partner has the opportunity to have like a paternity leave, do everything together. Not necessarily at night, but during the day. Yeah. Make sure one of you can actually function. (laughs) During the day, do everything together. You guys will develop different ways of doing things and both are good. And I feel like you have so many things to learn from each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had nannied for like five years now. I guess I had been shorter than that when we got pregnant, but... I nannied, like I knew how to take yeah, care so of like, babies, I know but how to Braxton do kids. still taught me like a bunch of stuff, like mm-hmm. new ways to do things. And Ezra prefers his ways, and then for some That's things, awesome. and then for other things, she prefers the way I do it. Mm-hmm. So do everything together those first few weeks. Second, your partner is trying their best. I promise they are. They are trying their best. Mm-hmm. If you need something, you gotta communicate it it's so easy to that resent huge it's so easy to resent during like trauma like what we went through
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's so easy to resent in those first few weeks after having a baby don't do it mm-hmm. they're trying their best if you need something it's yes. your job to tell them
0: yes that they you can't read it. your mind yep and like you're both exhausted and depleted and yep. like the last thing you need is resentment creeping in
1: um, my third and last thing, and I think this is just a great place to end this podcast. I love it. Let's just hear it. buy the flippin' diapers. <laughs> yes. Buy the yes. flippin' diapers. And even better, if you know someone that is having a baby, Give buy them, them diapers. the diapers. <laughs> there is a lovely Freedom Mom kit that comes with the diapers, the peri bottle, the yes. witch hazel. Buy them the kit.
0: Honestly, life saving. Your booty will thank you.
1: (laughs) Your booty will thank you. We heard about Sarah Jane's postpartum experience. No one wants to go through it. Be the friend that gives them the aftercare kit. And you can throw in a bow or like a cute outfit if you want. Buy your friend the kit that she doesn't want to have to buy herself. No one wants to buy themselves diapers. So true. (laughs) Buy the flipping diapers. Always discreet. And you're going to need a large. You don't think you're going to. You're going to need a large. Yes. And that's up.
0: Well, you guys, as a newly postpartum mother myself, all I can say is buy the flippin' diapers. (laughs) Buying the diapers is going to save you so much time trying to figure out all the different pads and how to get comfortable. Just buy the diapers. It is something that you will never regret. Be that friend that buys your friends the diapers. Buy them for yourself. Just buy the flippin' diapers. That is all. But in all seriousness, you guys, Stacy's story is one that, like I said in the beginning, we can all relate to on some level, whether we be the person who has experienced a miscarriage, whether we are the one, the spouse or the partner in the supporting role also going through the miscarriage, or whether you're the friend or family that is just trying to be there and be sensitive to someone you know who has gone through a miscarriage. Stacy's story is one we can learn from. We learn how to interact, how to be there for each other, and how to find this sense of community in a loss that is so difficult to navigate. But when you choose to involve people in your experience and when you're vulnerable and open up, you find that you really are not alone in this hard thing. Stacy is among hundreds of women every day who have miscarriages. You know someone who's had a miscarriage. They may not have told you, but I swear to you, you know someone who has had a miscarriage and you choosing to in- learn a little more about what that entails and how to be more sensitive and supportive will in turn help you be there for someone when they need you the most. So Stacy's story is so powerful and I'm so grateful for her to opening up and sharing just everything that she felt and went through. I know that if any of you want to talk to her or feel like you need some support, she is totally open to sliding into her DMs. Just DM her on Instagram. She will be there for you in the way that you need it most. I just know it. So please take advantage of it. If you're not already, follow along on Instagram at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode.